Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Mr. Washington, can you quickly tell me uh, what airspace requires an ADSB transponder? Not sure I can answer that question right now. That's, that's okay. We'll just keep going. So um, that's a that's a pretty important part. Mm-hmm. So what are the six types of special use airspace that protect this national security that appear on FAA charts? Uh, sorry, Senator, I cannot answer that question. Okay. So what are the operational limitations of a pilot flying under? Basic med. Senator, I'm not a pilot, so. Uh, but uh, obviously, you'd oversee the F- Federal Aviation Administration. So, um, any, any idea what those uh, restrictions are under basic med, quickly? Uh, well, some of the restrictions I think would be high blood pressure. Uh, some of them would be. It, it's more like how many passengers per airplane, oh, how many pounds okay. in different categories, and uh, what, ele- what uh, altitude uh, you can fly under. So, and, uh, and then. Uh, amount of knots. It's under 250 knots. So okay. it's not having, having anything to do with blood pressure. So can you tell me what causes an aircraft to spin or to stall? Uh, again, Senator, I'm not a pilot. Um, okay, uh, let's keep going. What are the three aircraft certifications the FAA requires as part of the manufacturing process? Quickly, please. Three aircraft certifications. Uh, again, uh, what I would say to that is that one of my first priorities would be to fully implement that Certification Act uh, and report You know the three types, uh, Mr. Washington? The, the three no. types? Okay. Yeah, that's type certificate, production certificate, and airworthiness certificate. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's just keep going, see if we can um, um, get lucky here. So can you tell me what the minimum separation distance is for landing and departing airliners during the daytime, Mr. Washington? I don't want to guess on that, Senator. Are you familiar with the difference between Part 107 and Part 44809 when it comes to unmanned aerial standards? Unmanned aerial, unmanned like drones, are you familiar with the difference? Yes. Okay, you know the difference between those two, Part 44809 and Part 107? Do you know the difference there? No, I cannot uh, fill that out. Talk with you. Thank you. Tonight,
Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans, with your host, Tony Reed. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 5th of March, year of our Lord, 2023. And that's an intro from March 5th, 2016. That was Tom and Tucson, who no longer speaks to me anymore. But uh, good dude. Miss him. Like I miss most of the people I, I worked with. Nice intro. intro. That is the FFA, or FAA candidate who is getting his job just because of his ethnicity. Doesn't know shit. Doesn't even have a college degree. But it, it doesn't matter for the Biden. And him disrespecting the media. Oh my God, it would just be the end of days if it was... Yeah. Going to be a short show today. Just going to get into a few things. All right. Uh, I am going to play. Well, let's let's do this first. We'll do this one first and I'll get my soapbox. Um, D.C. wanted to basically make it. Uh, you can do any crime you want to if you're black. So I'm going to uh, we got Peacock signed a deal with Reels and we have our on patrol backs black. On Patrol Live back. Let's try to speak English today. And this was one of the first episodes we watched because we lost power, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so we watched last night's show. Biden got involved because everybody in Congress, and they know it's bad there. They live there. And it's a hot damn mess. So watch this crime of the week from last night's On Patrol Live. Atlanta police have just gotten word that a burglary suspect is hiding inside this apartment building. I know where y'all going now. Thank you. Is he in there? Hey, we about to make the entry. Oh, hello, I'm sorry. Put your hands up! Oh, shit. He's on the back window! He jumped out the back! He jumped out the back! You just jumped through the f***ing window? Good God. They're now in a foot pursuit with the suspect, who did, in fact, just jump through the f***ing window. You're gonna take us right here! Don't move! Don't move! She tases him, but it seems to have no effect. You know where to go! crazy! The suspects now jump through two f***ing windows, which is f***ing crazy, when you consider five police officers were already there waiting on him right below. Hey, you said before he jumped out the six-story window. If I remember it correctly, he had 32 prior arrests. That's the world they're making. So Dems in D.C. are losing their shit. But. Come on. Then a personal soapbox. And and I'm a little cranky. I got a good story at the end of the show that happened today. But we lost power because of storms. We literally had cat one hurricane winds. 
and made it till 3.30 on uh, Friday. And then we didn't have power all night. Um, and lo- couldn't see our first live on patrol, which the wife would watch because I fall asleep like at 8 o'clock now because I take medicine from my stomach and it knocks me the fuck out. But Chase Elliott uh, broke his leg. And, and I want to play this just for a second. And then we'll get back to politics. It won't force us to reevaluate any policies, Bob. I, I think, you know, these, these guys have to go out and, and live a life, you know, really outside. You know, as a guy who's been sick since February or January 31st, 2022, who got pushed out the door by a woke company from California, whose wife lost her job because she got knee replacement surgery and the boss just wanted to cut costs, so he used her performance as in she couldn't move fast enough with the cleanest store that they had. You know, I, listen, I get it. People have lives, but these are professional athletes. That motherfucker makes over $10 million a year. You add up a salary, winnings, goddamn endorsements. He's a royalty, has his own private jet that he fucking flies. And he's out dicking around snowboarding and he'll miss six to eight weeks. He had surgery to put together his tibia. And I see this all the time, and people ask the question, which is Bob Pockross, and these big companies go, well, they got to have lives. No, 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 you don't. We, we don't get to do that. Most jobs, if you broke something and you couldn't work, they'd make you, well, you can come back when you're healed. I had to get clearance to get spine surgery as a director, and I could work anywhere. Anywhere. I, I worked remote. I, I could do everything in my house. I just chose not to. But even then, 30 days disabled, they were really squirrely. We were opening a store. But I had gotten most of it done, and then I went on vacation, and, and the opening date was going to be a week after my, seven, my 30 days. And I still got out in 25 because I walked like crazy. I shouldn't have. And that's probably why I'm on pain management because I didn't let it really actually heal. But no, no, no. I'm sick of the two standards, elite and not elite. Okay, let's start with our first crazy thing. And since we did woke and we're not doing woke now, watch this video. Girls were in the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. Because women procreate. Our sincerest apologies to our players, our staff, and our fans. We'll work to do better today and every day after. And once again, I just want to make sure you understand the demographic that is so bad and is treated so poorly, they're getting hunted down the street and lynched. Oh, wait a minute, is that black people? I don't remember who's who. I don't remember what, what it is. No. They bully more corporations, people, individuals. Get the fuck out of here. 
Let's start our top six. First one is a guest on FBI. The FBI handling of the Trump raid undermines the allegation the FBI is against Donald Trump or against conservatives. It's generally the case that it would be the opposite, but it certainly is unsupported by facts we've seen over the last few years. Really? You know, Dan, one final thing. I want to just talk about the FBI, circling back to the FBI. We talked about the supposed bias against Trump, the bias for Trump by elements of the FBI continues, continued even in the Mar-a-Lago raid, the fighting between the Justice Department and FBI agents. Listen to this. This is the Washington Post. Starting in May. FBI agents in the Washington field office tried to slow the probe. Some of those field agents wanted to shutter the criminal investigation altogether in early June after Trump's legal team asserted a diligent search had been conducted and all classified records had been turned over. So you had field agents, you had people in the FBI saying, oh, we should trust Donald Trump. Why would Donald Trump ever lie to us? Why he- This was our CNN headline. This is a New York Times. Best way to understand the GOP would be found in the WWE, which is just comedic. But it goes with what he just said. They raided Pence. They never raided Biden. Biden had buckshot everywhere. We're talking everywhere. The motherfucker had shit everywhere. The FBI let Hillary Clinton get off with a shitter server. The media let her get off with some seriously bad shit. And they could say that, but you know, you're not going to see the disinformation guys coming in. They're just not going to. For a break of it. And I, I wanted to play this. This poor Mumford and Son guy who never said anything. This is what happened to him by elements of Biden's goon squad, Antifa. The music industry is a very small industry. Yes. And, and actually, like any industry, let's say if you were on Wall Street, it would be people with free marketeers would probably be the predominant uh, thought uh, philosophy. There. Yes. In the music industry, because of different uh, personality types, you have a different uh, sort of set of wrong things, set of uh, homogenous thought, uh, a different orthodoxy. And so even if society at large is, is, a, is a different, uh, like you say, it's, it's minority opinions that, that are swaying people, the, within the creative industries, it's quite a different story. The state of the, the music industry and the creative industries more broadly was, every, you know, there was the, it was the black squares on, on social media. And if you remember, there were a lot of actors and actresses uh, fronting money to bail out the various um, uh, rioters. And, and there, there was a big social media campaign raise money here, and they were bailing out the, those who were arrested in the 2020 um, riots. And so that's the, actually the atmosphere. And I guess that's perhaps why what happened to me happened to me is because it was so contrary to the prevailing um, politics, I guess, of, of the um, 
creative industries. So I had very few followers, by the way. I think about 3,000 followers on Twitter. Somehow, this book, and it does, it honestly feels like an act of God, which I know that sounds a bit crazy, but it, it, it doesn't it, sound, it, it was, for the record, it doesn't sound crazy at all. But <laughs> I had like no, no followers, and, and by the end of the weekend, it was, it was up all the trending charts on, uh, on, in my country and probably here. It was a segment on your show um, and, and The View and various other major shows. And my, wall, my life uh, sort of started to crumble. Initially, I was like, so what, it'll pass. But right. that's when you get the sort of phone calls from loved ones and friends and, and people you work with just panicking. And uh, so uh, you know, this dog pile actually became a, almost real life dog pile of, of just everyone in my life um, around me. And um, what was their complaint? Well, I guess I'd, uh, I'd, well, the people I were working with, they were getting attacked by these Antifa, maybe not quite as much as me, but they were, you know, under, they were getting harassed by these people as well. And they're very effective online. Like, for example, there was a whole night where they were changing my Wikipedia page from Winston Marshall, play Marshall is a banjo player to Winston Marshall is a fascist. And it was just, I had another friend trying to change it back and they're just all night, like, at it. And they just swarm you like hornets in everything they do to try and destroy you. I'm serious when I say I think years from now, when it's all said and done, um, we are going to look back at these times and the true, true reality is going to come out. It, it is going to be what the left did since COVID through now is the most fascist phase. It's almost like, well, here's one. This is a literal headline. 70 years after death, Stalin's polarizing legacy looms large. Reuters, Washington Post, Abu Bar al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at the helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. This is the stuff the media does. And then when Reagan dies, he gave gay people AIDS. That's, that's what, 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 what we did. The piece of shit over at CNN, Daniel Dye. This is what he fact-checked from CPAC. There'll be no fact-check from the myriad of think tank liberal shit. There'll be no fact-checks of any of that crap, folks. You're never going to see it. But we're fact-checking CPAC. Okay. Okay. Back-to-back soundbites for soundbite number three. Here is an MSNBC guy saying you are a state-controlled propaganda machine. The state is Democrat. I don't know why they keep saying this. It's not Republican, so how could it be state? And then Russell Brand on Mar right in front of one of the MSNBC faggots. I don't say that as a gay person, but as a piece of fucking shit. How biased MSDNC is. We've learned about Fox News through depositions and through 
emails and a treasure trove of documents. If you were to go on MSNBC and knowingly lie to destabilize our democracy, how do you think that we received by executives at MSNBC? I was going to say, I don't know if I would make it to the next commercial block. I would certainly, I would, they would probably let me finish the segment. And then in the, in, in the commercial block, they would be like that airport music where it just kind of comes on or like that kind of like, you know, elevator music where it comes on and like, uh, due to an unforeseen circumstance, this show has been canceled. We will see you back at a re regularly scheduled programming tomorrow night. Who knows? I mean, honestly, first of all, you're not talking about you're not talking about getting facts wrong, right? That is that is something we all do. Every journalist makes mistakes. Everybody reports things that are inaccurate or incomplete. What you are talking about is this unbelievable split screen dichotomy where the host on the air is acknowledging confirming that what we're putting on the air to our viewers demonstrably false and we know it to be false but we still have to do it anyway and what's scary is the motivation of why they're doing it it's not it's not like for example for example People are saying like, hey, let's be let's be extra skeptical of these results. Let's let's really just let's really test the veracity of the outcome of our election because we want to make sure that our democracy comes out of this stronger. I'm even willing to concede that. I'm willing to even say, you know what, if they just all sat in a room and be like, let's be the counter narrative just for the sake of making sure that we are the ones that are not that are not being spoon fed the results and let's test the results outcome. Go for it. But what you're telling me is you knew it was fake. You knew it was a lie. You knew it's not true. You're calling the people perpetuating uh, uh, perpetrating this lie and perpetuating it liars. Uh, you, you know, you're calling Rudy Giuliani insane. You're calling Sidney Powell insane. You're acknowledging that if you reverse course and start reporting the truth, your audience is going to peel off to go to Newsmax, as Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson suggested. And you're punishing the reporters who fact check the president. So my, my God, like you, this is a different threshold. You're no longer a news organization. You're a, at this point, you are a state controlled propaganda machine. I will say, John, I've not known you long, but mm. I love you already. But I have to say that it's, <laughs> it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace... And, and also, mate, like, just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you, on there. Not many, you, I went on a show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried <laughs> Good on. Good morning, Joe. Yes, yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people and I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, Make my MSNBC friend. better. My Make friend. MSNBC my great friend. again. My friend, I would love I would
the moment the moment Russell Russell darling um, the moment that you give me a specific example an actual example okay I'll give you I'd like to hear a specific example a provable specific example of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and we're saying behind the scenes to people this is I'm about to go out and we know that we know that the election wasn't stolen you or something equivalent example. but I will go I but I will go out but I will go out on television and say the okay. opposite I will lie when's I'll, my answer we, we give, just give me a give me the specific example I'm just saying I, basic okay. part. give me a specific I, 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 example I, I, all right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a false It's not I, about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, you, it was more than enough. You can't come it was such a carry You don't have a single, you have a single actual Trump, fact. Do you want an example? Do yeah, you want yes. an example? Yes. The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective non medicine. Yeah, that, that's what not a Rachel Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hadn't been clinically trialed for transition. You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America by determinedly be and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? I'm, Did you not? Not just listen to Bernie Sanders, <laughs> someone who plainly, legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices, that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world, and the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. So you have an obligation, a duty, not to condemn these people. I, no, I have, a, I have a duty to actually say things that are true. And I'll tell you, when, when Bernie Sanders come back, comes out here for overtime, we can have a conversation with him, ask him whether he thinks that MSNBC and Fox News are the same. Oh, he I can tell you right, I can tell you right now what the answer to that question is going to be. You <laughs> don't say in the so let's not... This is a tweet by the Secretary of the Army about climate change. That's the state. That's the state. Look at all the things MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, PBS, fucking New York Times and WAPO lied about. Look at all the things you lied about. The myriad of COVID. We're literally, I mean, this was 60 minutes about the COVID leak. What evidence does the Trump administration have that the coronavirus started in a lab in Wuhan? There is zero evidence that this virus came out of a lab in China. He should know. He's an American scientist who's been working with Chinese virus researchers for years. President Trump is blaming China's government for the pandemic. The outbreak was first detected in the city of Wuhan. The administration has said at times the virus is man-made or that, if it's natural, it must have leaked out of a Chinese government lab. 
Both the White House and the Chinese Communist Party have been less than honest. And so, in China and in the U.S., the work of scientists like Peter Daszak is being undercut by pandemic politics. The breakthrough drug remdesivir that seems to have some impact on COVID-19 was actually tested against the viruses we've discovered under our NIH research funding. And so that testing would not have been possible no, if it, it hadn't not. been for the work that you did with the NIH grant. Correct. But his funding from the NIH, the U.S. National Institutes of Health, was killed two weeks ago by a political disinformation campaign targeting China's Wuhan Institute. As the U.S. led the world in illness and death, the White House moved the focus to the Chinese government. That's where this began. Last Sunday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo attempted to resurrect a debunked theory that the virus was man-made in China. The administration has offered no evidence of an accident or genetic engineering. From the genetic information, it's clearly not an engineered virus. Folks, it was completely engineered. It went after the obese, the affirmed, people with already illnesses. It, even the vaccine, if you look at it, went after an engineering flaw in us. That If you eat bad food, there's, there's millions of people with digestive issues now. It's not a couple hundred thousand like I always thought. It's everywhere. It punishes you. It makes you eat healthy. If you were obese, you got really sick. If you weren't obese, you didn't get sick. All those lies, J6 lies, 2020 lies, we did nothing but lies. And now that we're trying to do actual hearings, this is MSNBC about GOP hearings. Read you a quote um, from Rolling Stone, uh, which quoted someone who, uh, a Republican, it said in interviews conducted to date, is talking about Jordan's investigation. Witnesses have offered contradictory responses, maintained fringe and violent online presences that undermine their credibility and failed to demonstrate firsthand knowledge of alleged FBI wrongdoing. Clearly, there is room to grow and improve before more public hearings. A Republican familiar with the process tells Rolling Stone, but the work so far, this anonymous Republican says, has very much been amateur hour. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to call it amateur hour. What I think is, is that uh, Jim Jordan also has his own agenda. The individuals who are in control of not just the committee, but that party have an agenda that uh, can come across as amateurish, but is really very uh, detrimental to our Mm. republic and detrimental to our way of life. And they're going to engage in whatever's necessary to try and push that, to try and gaslight all of us and try and push that. They are trying to destroy this republic for their own benefits, whether it be uh, their own wokeness, you know, let's not be, let's really, they, they try and project that on us, but they're the ones who are actually doing that. You know, we know that next week they wanna have a discussion once again about the Twitter files, uh, which we know, in fact, that Twitter had very much been used uh, to support the wait conservative a second, wait and a conspiracy. They're doing theory. another Twitter hearing? Come on, uh, y- you can't make this uh, stuff up. No, are they really I doing another Twitter hearing? Yes. Get, be too, in, you know be, what? My God. Be prepared. There's a, there, for those of us it's who are popcorn. excessively online, and that includes myself, I'm ashamed to say, 
there's an expression that people who are excessively online use, which is go touch grass. And I would just say to the members of the Republican committee, go, go take a walk outside. Just Twitter is not the biggest problem in America right now. Everything he said was a lie. Conservatives are still being banned for saying that the medically, the medical fact that transgenderism is gender dysphoria. That is a fact. The same guy who got me suspended for saying yes had a meltdown because a major institution said it is. All of the investigations under Trump, all of them, maybe you should have touched grass because all of them are false. This is another lie by the media. This is Debbie Muscon Powell. Yesterday I had a conversation with longtime Florida Republican. They told me they are done with DeSantis and want change. He's a dictator. He's too extreme. This is not Cuba. He reminds me of Castro. Don't give up hope on Florida. Don't give up hope on Florida. So the media rolls out. We're going to play the first two is... A blue-haired person talking about how they're going to keep college woke. And CBS having to do a mea culpa on the don't say woke bill that, once again, we said don't say gay. Now we say don't say woke. Jesus Christ. People have been advocating for greater finances to, to build better dorms and build better options and support systems for students. A lot of uh, infrastructural things need help. And the state never would expand funding. But now DeSantis is all of a sudden throwing in $15 million to our administration now that they're coming in for some conservative takeover. They wouldn't just support this school. They wouldn't actually start supporting the school financially um, until they see it's being taken over in a conservative ideological manner. And that really speaks to where their priorities are. Now we want to uh, make a correction regarding our story last week about illustrator Vashti Harrison and her work on the book Sulway about a young girl's struggle over her skin color. After the piece, we mentioned the book had been banned in some Florida schools and might be banned statewide. We should not have said that the book might be banned statewide. This is actually a school district by school district process. Our understanding is that the book was removed and then approved by at least one district and is now being challenged in at least one other. Yeah, I misgender. That's a dude. Sorry, I fucked up. I, I just, I, I, I don't understand why the media can continue to do that. They make shit up all the time. They lie. And then they don't tell the truth. They leave facts out of evidence for what the Dems are doing. Opinion by Jennifer Rubin. Imagine if DeSantis did to America what he's doing to fucking Florida. Most of us think that'd be a great deal. NBC, because they're really scared about him. The run and cook polls to show that he's not doing well. And then we see that he is doing well. A Republican state senator in Florida has introduced a bill that if passed require bloggers who write about Governor DeSantis and cabinet or state legislature to register with the state. That's a complete lie. Then they carry water. For Dems. This is Giselle Fetterman. 
We drove straight into Canada and lovely Buffalo. Pro tip, always have passport ready just in case you have to run away. We talked about lots of hard things and how we will have to face hard things and need to be gentle with all within ourselves. We did some scary things, but we did them together. We ziplined over Niagara Falls. Her husband is partially brain dead. But she bailed. He's introducing legislation from a bed. But she bailed. This is a serious fucking article from the New Yorker. When America lost faith in the news, half a century ago, most of the public said they trusted the news media. Today, most say they don't. What happened to the power of the press? And you can guarantee within this what it says. It's Fox. Because Fox changed. Biden overreached on student loans, but court shouldn't stop him. Remember, the dirty secret about this is the fact that these people are using the HEROES Act, an act for fucking service members to give dudes with purple hair and fake titties free college. That's who's getting it. It's not the POC. Most of them go to HBCUs and then get it financed. They get all the Pell Grants because we're using DEI to issue them. They're so obsessed with the right. Here's our all the motherfucking conservatives are pieces of shit with our progressive media i'm gonna play the prog bumper it's that bad He doesn't exactly say no <laughs> to supporting Trump in 2024. I, I just don't understand why that's such a hard thing to do. But what are your thoughts on his non-answer there? Well, again, I think you know, he's already alienated whatever Trump base there is that would support Mike Pence. The correct answer for my former boss should be flat out be no, I will not support a man who tried to kill me and my family and put members of Congress in danger and lives were lost on January 6th and tried to overturn an election. But for some reason, that's incredibly hard for Mike Pence to say out loud. And I think it's, again, the calculus of how does he get to that Oval Office? But I don't see a path for that. And so what is he doing? Is he trying to secure the VP slot again? I mean, how pathetic must this be? Like, I, and I think it's so infuriating to me, Michael, as you know, because I, I was very close to Mike Pence in right. my role. I, I, you know, I supported him. And, I, and I, I do, you know, believe with some of his conservative beliefs. I don't believe with all of them. But again, he is unwilling to call this man out, even though he knows firsthand the danger that this man is. He's lived it. Yeah, and that, that's the part that's the most stunning for me in, in the way you answered that at the beginning. Look, you, you put my life in trouble. No, I'm not supporting you for, for a re-election. But that's the, the space we find ourselves in, Jennifer, where you're talking about how much of a grip the president may have on this party. Um, some argue it's weakened. Other argues it's still as strong. That 
clearly is the case with respect to the control of the base. So how does the party uh, move itself forward or, or try to uh, create a new lane with Trump uh, leaving him behind if this grip is still there? Michael, I'm just, just stunned by that absolute spinelessness. It makes Ted Cruz, who wouldn't defend his own father or his own wife, look like a tower of courage. I mean, that is just so pathetic what we saw there. But I think the grip is going to go on, in part because they have this reflexive, stupid answer, which is, I support the policies of Donald Trump. Right. What policies are those? Were that, right. Was that COVID denial? Was that backing Putin? What are these great policies that they keep touting? Separating children at the border? I'm scratching my head. What are these magic policies? You know, they've become so reflexive in their, well, I don't like him, but I like the policies. Someone should ask them which ones of them they actually like. And this is not going to be a way to get him to um, go away. Um, but these people are cowards, spineless cowards, comical cowards. And Mike Pence is just about the worst of them. My goodness. Um, so I think uh, so long as they are so reticent about taking them on, um, they're not going to get very far. You don't beat somebody by not taking them on. This is a strange kind of presidential race where you don't uh, take on the weaknesses of your opponents. How are you supposed to win? How are people supposed to prefer you to the other guy? It, it's really kind of mindless. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to figure that out. As a former chairman, that was always the the first go-to. This guy's weak, you know, cut him off at the knees and move on. But they keep finding a way to give him a crutch. Olivia Troy and Jennifer Rubin. But these are also states that are failing at infrastructure, education, maternal mortality rate. Don't so these you're states? you're saying it's the straw man. Have, but I don't understand. Don't these Maybe states have bigger issues, bigger problems well, to I worry was, about? I was in Utah recently, and there was an amazing juxtaposition. There was the Salt Lake is drying up because of agricultural use, household use, commercial use, and probably climate change as well. And the first bill passed by the Utah State Legislature was one that banned uh, transgender surgery for minors. And I'm like, okay, maybe Don't you, have you feel that way. One of the first things they did. And if this lake dries up, it's gonna spread arsenic all over the place. you think that would be an emergency. And I kind of get how people could oppose this if that's where they're at. I think it's between doctors and their, um, you know, and, and, and the parents and the kids, whatever. But if you're going to, you know, legislate it, but of all the things you have to do, and Tennessee just did it, and thank God Tennessee just banned um, uh, a drag, dis uh, 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 drag shows in public. Yeah. Thank God. Well, well, this is a revanchist I politics. I think. I don't know. <laughs> but this is a revanchist politics. It's not about modernity. It's not about attracting younger voters. I mean, they need younger voters just as a matter of numbers. But this is a very much rear guard looking party. Like, this is about rolling back the 20th century and making America great again circa 1954. And all of this is playing into that. You're being euphemistic when you say what that, right? Circa 1954 is a well, I, euphemism well, for something I, I else. Well, I that particular date for a reason. I'll let you figure out I that. I think one of the greatest challenges we have in this country is related to mental health, specifically the mental health of younger people, specifically the mental health of younger people who identify as LGBTQ. We saw the CDC report. They are three times as likely not to think about, not to talk about, to, to, but to attempt suicide. You have 10% of high school students, a third, I believe, of high school students who identify within that community trying to kill themselves, trying to hurt themselves. And for any person of influence, specifically a governor, 
to make those. There is this sort of discreet conversation about what happens to Florida, but I think mm -hmm. it's worth stepping back for a moment and looking at the tactics that are being employed here and not mincing words about what's going on, setting aside the sort of end game of what happens in the university system. Michelle Goldberg had a piece in the Times that basically compared what Governor DeSantis was doing to what an autocrat like Viktor Orban mm -hmm. in Hungary is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Kimberly Crenshaw on the show, and she basically said, you know, we should stop calling this a culture war. Mm -hmm. This is fascism. Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like mm -hmm. when you have the state trying to control and suppress its citizens. Do you think that that's an overstatement? Where do you, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I, I don't, actually. I don't think that's an overstatement. And I think that if we were actually, um, you know, looking at what the long-term objectives are here, it would be astounding and terrifying for people. Uh, but, you know, it's being, and the fact that it's being framed as culture war is that people thinking, oh, this is, you know, basically like uh, the equivalent, the political equivalent of a sports rivalry. You know, we're not thinking of this in the long term mm -hmm. in terms of what its implications are uh, for free expression. Yes. Uh, and which is also weird because one of the things that they're, they're using, the rhetoric that they're using, is that this is actually an attempt to bolster free expression. Uh, and, you know, that, that is the kind of the height of cynical uh, politics as it relates to this. I think it's officially called gaslighting. Um, yeah, exactly. but, but like, you know, one of the things about the, the measures that the governor and his allies are taking is they are so they're both at once extreme and totally vague. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't engage in activities that are divisive or, or, or inclusive, inclusive right. or divisive. You know, does that mean the black student union can't survive the, the litmus test? Right. You know, teachers are papering over their libraries and classrooms, not because all the books have been censored, but because they're terrified they're going to run afoul of these cloudy... In Washington, the fascists and the furious have gathered to <laughs> praise their lord and savior, Donald Trump, at the annual CPAC convention. This is a convention for all your worst aunts and uncles. It's uh, Mara Laudo is performing on Saturday night. He's given a big speech. He said, I will be at CPAC on Saturday talking about the fact that obviously our country is going to hell and how to fix it, or at least the first part. The Tandalorian was very fired up today. He wrote, they're not, in all caps, coming for me, they're coming for you, I'm just in their way. No, they're coming for you. They're, when you get arrested, none of the rest of us are going to prison with you. You're gonna be in there begging for hairspray alone. This, CPAC event, it's kind of hard to explain. Every like low rent radio host and podcast racist with a die job and a fleece vest shows up to try to out crazy each other. Remember the first seasons of American Idol when the losers would uh, just line up and be mowed down by Simon Cowell? It's like that, but without Simon Cowell. So instead you get people like Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana who delighted the crowd with a series of homespun zingers. So but Fox is state-run media. So obsessed, we still have J6 soundbites. Kyle from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, that the release of the footage could create security issues, but do they have anything to say about any of this? 
I mean, look, the, the, a lot of the footage has come out in ongoing court cases. They Again, they've had access to it, and many, many clips have come out in trials uh, and other court proceedings related to January 6th defendants. What the Capitol Police is most concerned about is a wide release of massive amounts of footage, because that would enable bad actors, including, for example, foreign intelligence services, to glean information about vulnerabilities in the Capitol. Uh, and so that, I think, is why the, the department has been opposed to these sort of wide releases. Now, we, now McCarthy he hasn't said he's going to release all of this widely to everyone, uh, and if he ever does, it would probably be with some restrictions. Um, but he does say he wants to release a large amount of it publicly. Uh, so the question is, how will they balance that line between security and, and transparency on that? Kyle Cheney, always good to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the program. So, Charles, any moment now. We're Fox is state-run media, but this is the Atlantic. Big cities are ungovernable. Because they run all the big cities. Until Lori Lightfoot, only one mayor in the past 75 years has denied re-election. Blah, 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 writes Lang today, and she's not the only U.S. mayor in jeopardy. We've tried the same thing over and over. We just can't do it, man. Cities governed by single parties for decades. Have you tried electing Democrats? We have, and it didn't work. Welp, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah, that, that's not it. Fox is state-run media. This is also from Axios. Scoop. Biden tried to hire Meacham as volunteer muse. President Biden has grown close to his volunteer muse, John Meacham. Then he tries to bring the president's historian in the White House. Driving the news, Meacham is preparing to drive into the life of President Dwight E. Dive into the life of uh, President FDR. For his next book, so government gig doesn't appear to be in the cards, but the overture reflect a warm relationship. Why it matters. As threats to American democracy rose, the theme became to Biden's signature with Meacham helping supply the rhetoric. Meacham's bestseller, Soul of America, has driven a recurring theme for Biden and echoes Biden's 2017 op-ed about the soul of the nation. The president has used the phrase Soul of America and Soul of the Nation in big in his dress. The two bonded over their shared belief that Biden is a historically consequential figure in the fight to preserve American democracy. By preserving it, is it rigging elections and doing all the woke stuff? I mean, because every time you guys step out of bounds, you go back. John Capehart, the gay guy, quit because it did an op-ed that wasn't favorable to trans. Today in the State of the Times, uh, they do this article. Today's remarks, Susberger highlighted the types of harassment that our journalists have faced, according to Times spokesman. In that context, noted that a Times employee was spat upon last month. Our employee was recognized in public. The person said something about attempts to eliminate trans people and then spat on the employee the day of the incident, February 18, according to the spokesperson. The Times coverage of trans youth has drawn criticism of two open letters, one from GLAAD and one from Times people to begin with. Their own order, their own people. But that's why the woke is so bad in the media. They care about what those people think. They really care about it. Here is uh, NPR about trans. A few seconds. Kendi talking. 
and Whoopi defending, tearing down statues. And we'll sandwich that between the attorney general not wanting to define what a woman is. Across the country, at least 150 bills have been filed by Republican legislators targeting transgender Americans this year. Roughly 100 specifically restrict doctors and other providers from offering transition-related health care for minors, even when their parents approve. What we sort of show in, in How to Be a Young Anti-Racist is, is that we should be identifying a policy not based on its racial language, not based on even in the intent of the policymaker, but on the outcome. And, and that's why there's racist and anti-racist policies. There, there, there are policies that are leading to and maintaining inequity and injustice that are racist, and then there are policies that are leading to equity and justice. And, and I think if we took that position, we could analyze policies and see which ones are good and which one are bad and who's gaslighting us about the policies that they're making. Abraham Lincoln was not a controversial figure among liberals. We liked him. <laughs> now they take his name off schools and tear down his statues. Really? Lincoln isn't good enough for you? Well, that statue was not good enough because it showed a slave down at Lincoln's feet. And if we're tearing down statues uh, that are really not in tune with where we are as a nation, or at least where we were a couple of months ago, uh, yeah, you got to take it down. That's why they've removed stuff. That's why people are moving stuff around. And this idea of woke, I'm going to say it again, most of y'all were asleep. We were never asleep. We had to stay awake watching you, okay? <laughs> so you woke up and you thought, oh my God, there's, there's lots of women running amok doing things they're not supposed to be doing, and drag queens everywhere, and oh my God, people of color. You know, you always talk about the snowflakes. Look in the mirror. Y'all can't seem to handle anything, and that's my right as an American so far. There are lots of changes happening all over America. Mississippi is reinstating Jim Crow. Tennessee, I think. No, no it's, it is it's Mississippi. Mississippi. When it comes to federal prisons, are you aware that 1,200 prisoners are requesting to be sent from a male prison to a female prison? Uh, I'm not, no. Okay. Uh, what is our policy when it comes to allowing a male prisoner to be transitioned into a female prison? I think if you're generally asking the question of how um, uh, trans people are dealt with in the Bureau of Prisons, my understanding um, is that these are uh, determinations about um, uh, where they're placed or where people are placed in general have to do with individualized determinations regarding the security of that individual um, and the management of the prison. These are done on a case-by-case -case basis. That's my understanding. Are you aware of any policy guidelines that they use to make that determination? I think there is a policy guideline along the lines that I just said that, that they I are. Would, I would like for the Bureau of Prisons to send it to us. Are you concerned that if a biological male is sent to a female prison, that could be a risk to female prisoners? I think every uh, uh, person in prison has to be dealt with uh, with dignity and respect. Jim Crow, huh? We got Jim Crow in Mississippi. 
Yeah. Yeah, we do. Politico admits Beltway Media Industrial Complex candidate favoritism. As we shall see, this is not exactly an inevitable position to be in. But before we can get to the inevitable downside, let us read Schaefer's explain why the media accolades for now being poured upon Sununu as a runaway winner. The permanent Washington primary adding, making all the right moves to win the GOP base despite demographics. The hearts and minds and television bookings and annual dinners invited the Beltway Media Industrial Complex. That's why he gets on MTP. They like him. He's a good guy. To expound upon how bad the rest of the media, state media, investigations to Biden die in the dark. They're not airing any of them. None. They won't air a single fucking soundbite. Because why would they? I mean, let's be honest. They're team Biden. They got Biden elected. And why would they want to hurt him? He's their guy. They are so invested in all of this. Here is CNN this week. GOP hypocrites because they're stopping the transing of kids. Okay, but the laws that we have to say you can't smoke until you're a certain age or you can't drink until you're a certain age, that's meant to protect the health of the individual. Yeah, but don't these people think that they're protecting the health of the teenagers? But here, physicians physicians and and psychologists are saying it is harmful to children who are experiencing, for example, gender dysphoria, among other things, to not be able to treat them appropriately. And that is the fundamental difference between the laws that you just described and the law that, for political purposes, the governor of Tennessee has just signed. Can people make their own decisions about how they want to live their lives? If not it doesn't affect other people? adolescents and teenagers. Okay. If, it, if it doesn't affect other people in a negative but way. But I also wonder, like, what happened to the Republican Party of smaller government, right? Like, you know, I was hearing that governor say, we're not going to tell you to vaccinate your kids. But we are going to tell you you can't, you know, you can't get them there. You know, this, I mean, I think it's... Yeah, no, it is, uh, I mean, it's, the inconsistency is laid bare right there. Let's also talk about the bill that he signed about drag shows. So as you know, not only are, is trans a hot button word, um, but drag shows are. And so now he has signed, I think I have the language here, it's an offense, it's now legal, illegal for a person who engages in adult cabaret performances... Um, and as a feature of that performance uh, is a male or female impersonator who provides entertainment viewed by a person who is not an adult. Okay. Um, it's just, it, 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 it's again just um, interesting to see that the governor himself dressed as a woman in his high school photo, here he is, um, dressed as a woman because Lots of people because dress. Because it's fun. And because it's right. fun right. and it's funny. And lots of people yeah. dress as a different gender to perform. And, and by the way, being a drag queen is a serious work, art form. But, and they've been doing it for thousands of years. But, it's entertaining. <laughs> people like to express themselves. It's fun to watch it. And you might actually learn something about the world and other people. Our media is so fucking broke. This is actually a headline. That black equestrian riders 
are asking for helmets that fit because the institutional racism. They own fucking horses. I can't own a fucking horse. Where's my free helmet? So, to our lighter fare, going to do a seven-year anniversary. Two of my favorite skits. It sounds conceited since I made them, but they're funny, I think. Rock FM Radio and Biden Santa builds back better. It's Big Larry in the morning crew. Top of the hour. Time for weather and traffic. Sponsored by Big Dogs Barbecue. The best barbecue roadkill east of the Mississippi. This week's special, raccoon sandwich fries and a sweet tea. $4.99. And tell them Big Larry sent you and get some boiled peanuts for 99 cents. Big Dogs Roadkill Barbecue. Whether fresh or a week old, we make it taste like barbecue sauce. Heading over to Chopper Dan, the eye in the sky, in the Z975 Chopper. How's traffic looking? I'm 55 o'clock on the way back to Murfreesboro for no apparent reason at all. I fought the east and west to total mess for no reason at all. And I-24 inbound is a hot steaming garbage fire. This is, of course, caused by perpetual construction that's been going on since the mid-90s, designed to fix a long jam, but seems to be never actually helping one single bit. For Z975 Chopper. This is Dan I in the Sky Traffic. And thanks, Chama Dan. Now to Dan Thomas, WSMV Weather with today's forecast. Today you can expect sunny, partly cloudy to most of cloudy skies, a 50% chance of rain, hail, sleet, tornadoes, snow, and blizzard conditions, with a 30% of a hurricane forming right over Nashville. Right over Nashville. Hell. I, I have no clue whatsoever for its Tennessee, Kentucky weather, and it will change every day, and my forecasting ability is horrible. That's why I have my 400-year-old dog on the set every day. Doesn't even scratch his ass during the whole morning show. Hell, I don't even know if he's breathing. He's just a prop to cover up how much I suck. That's right, I suck. Well, that and us saying Doppler radar 400 times a show and have ads every day touting our real-time Doppler radar, the only one in Tennessee. Well, the rest of the channel say the same things, but we are the real one, the real only Doppler radar. You can believe me. If not, just ask my dog. Wow, Dan Thomas from WSMV Weather. Thanks for the forecast or total meltdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, once again, traffic and weather brought to you by Big Dogs Roadkill Barbecue, the best barbecue east of the Mississippi. Now we're going to play one song because it's morning radio. We only play one song, then go back to weather and traffic, even though you live in a place that doesn't have a lot of traffic. And then we talk to each other and jerk each other off underneath the desk. So we're going to play a song from 1970 because we're still stuck in the 70s down here in the south. Okay, elves. Okay, let, let, let's settle down. As you know, 
since there is a new president in America. There are always changes up here in the North Pole. With the 2020 election, there are major changes. So I've asked our new Biden administration appointed HR elf, Alexandria Keza Elfish, to come and brief you all by shifts on the new directives from Washington. AOE, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mr. Claus. Over the past four years, the previous administration allowed way too many things to happen to live. It has been a dark time for the world, and we are here to make things right again, and we will build Christmas better. Right, please. First, these changes are necessary to bring Christmas to a more fair and equitable process for all children of the world. So starting Christmas 2021, we will give all children a present. Naughty or nice is not inclusive. So we must include all children in gift giving or no gifts at all. Next is toy category. Those will be scrapped. From now on, we will not issue toys based on what they ask for, nor their gender. Toys will be given as they come out of the sleigh. Gender is a social construct. So blue or pink ideas need to just go away as we move forward and build Christmas better. We will also, next Christmas, issue a gender pronoun coloring book to every child in the world. It is important due to bullying, not brainwashing. Oops, did I say that out loud? It is important that every child understands how important it is to accept that a three-year-old can pick their own gender and be called whatever they want. Also, that they should be able to change their sex through hormone treatment and reassignment surgery. Next, we need to look at the impact this operation has on Mother Earth. We must have a green new Christmas. I thought we wanted a white Christmas! And it has to be implemented not only in the operation of this toy factory, but also on how we make and distribute toys. First, the route we are using is not green. Slide, please. As you can see, this new green Christmas route starts in the southern hemisphere, and then east to west, then the northern hemisphere. This not only is better for Mother Earth, but it also ensures that POC children get their presents first. I need not tell you how the very myth of Santa Claus is hugely patriarchal and promotes systemic racism. This normal east to west route compounds the systemic racism. So we will go southern hemisphere first, then northern hemisphere. We may not make it to America next year. It will take time to work out the kinks. But America is a majority white country. They can use to miss a few Christmases due to their racism and hegemony. That makes no sense. Do the In keeping with the green new Christmas, we also are creating new toys every year from scratch. This is so wasteful and is killing the planet. So we will start recycling toys. Yes, I know this sounds hard, but it's quite simple. White children will play with their toys till March, mail them back to the North Pole, and they will be recycled back into the system for next year. We'll do a quick cleanup. Those toys will go to different children, but they'll be white kids, so they really won't notice for they're spoiled and have white privilege. And before you ask, of course, POC children will always get brand new toys that we will make from scratch. 
I think she sounds like a racist. Give it up, bitch. Lastly, due to years of patriarchy, the very systemic racism that is truly rooted in the legend and myth of Santa Claus. It's why we have slavery. That's right, Santa really brought the world slavery. And it's permeated through the millennia. Next year, we will have a new Santa. Santa, Chantella, will you come out, please? Hey! That's not even an elf. Chantella, or Santa Chantella, is of African-American, Puerto Rican ancestry. She is transgender, her pronouns are it and that, and she is also disabled, or as we say, able, but we chopped her leg off to ensure she fit in many categories. So sadly, Santa, you're fired. Get that bitch! Which brings us to our This is America. And I decided to do seven years. And most of it's from the most recent area. But the worst sound bites I have heard. We will start with J6. Number one, Millie. White Rage. I could show Floyd Riot damage, but it's just the best sound bite is CNN getting attacked. And the media concocting a lie about how Brian Sicknick died. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. And this is America. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. We are doing a stand and hold right now. What are you hearing? Well, it's, it's pretty clear that these officers are nervous. They're seeing this situation de-escalate. Um, they're trying to, as you say, hold this line here. And to, to, to the credit of the police officers so far, we have seen them not use much force while they've been having these large objects thrown at them. Uh, you know, they are establishing their presence right now. There's no doubt about that, holding this line here, Chris. And, uh, you know, we're, we're watching it happen right in front of us. Well, they, they are preparing at, for what they anticipate to be a rush beans, of the building. Red beans putting on this individual here in front of you and the, the man with the skateboard. You've got, you know, weapons pointed at him. I, this, is, this is just so sad to see happen here. Now, that's what the umbrella is about, is to try to block the officer's vision of what's going on. The question becomes, once this guy with the skateboard succeeds and breaks the window... What does it mean to the crowd? Uh, is that what they, is that the satisfaction they want? Or are they going to try to advance? And God forbid they do, you're going to have a very different situation. Well, we'll be live right here covering it all, Chris. We're right behind the police line. Uh, you know, there are clearly the officers are outnumbered. Those demonstrators, those demonstrators are going back, uh, you know, it's, they're very deep going back towards Central uh, Centennial Olympic Park. I, I, I feel as though I just, I believe I just heard what I, what I thought was a taser deployed. I don't see anyone, though, that was on the other end of it. 
You're seeing more shields, more reinforcements come into that line. Police officers uh, telling their colleagues, directing them. Officer Brian Sicknick, he died from injuries after being struck in the head by a fire extinguisher during the storming of the Capitol. Officer Sicknick, who was, uh, you know, uh, uh, killed, murdered there by the mob. The murder of Officer Brian Sicknick by Trump supporters. These Republicans, uh, they really don't care what the facts are. They don't care about the cop killers. Cop killers. Cop killers. Cop killers. Trump. Cop killers. Cop killers. Trump. Cop killers. Cop killers. Cop killers. Trump cop killers. Uh, struck them dead. You know, they have extreme uh, desires for murder and overthrow of the government. And, and if they had gotten in there and gotten their hands on a congressman or senator, they would have slit their throats. They would have hung them. They would have shot them. They would have beat them to death. One of the top priorities for prosecutors is the hunt for cop killers. The people responsible for the murder of U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. And I think you pointed this out earlier, Chris. This is the scene of a crime where he is laying um, in honor right now in the scene of the crime where they will be voting on impeachment. The MAGA mob attacked Officer Brian Sicknick and he died. Well, Brian, Officer Sicknick is uh, only the fourth Capitol Police officer to be killed in the line of duty since the force was actually founded. The flags at the U.S. Capitol are at half-staff this morning for the police officer Brian Sicknick who was murdered this week, but they are not at half-staff at the White House. Perhaps because Officer Sicknick was the enemy of the terrorist mob. And the mob loves Trump. All this as America is mourning the loss of 42-year-old Capitol Police officer and veteran Brian Sicknick, killed as a result of Wednesday's chaos. Officials investigating reports that he was attacked with a fire extinguisher. Officer Sicknick was the one officer who was uh, beaten to death. Brian Sicknick, who passed away on Wednesday, uh, beaten, murdered here at the hands of these individuals, these insurrectionists here. There are officers like Brian Sicknick who died actually trying to keep people safe, including people like you. No information about the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, who died one day after responding to the January 6th riot. Now, the chief medical examiner says that Officer Sicknick suffered two strokes and died of natural causes. There are channels in which lies are told and there are channels in which facts are told and people who want the lies, they don't come here. They go to a different channel. Then, I, you know, I got to go into the walls are closing in because from the beginning of this podcast, 2016 till 2020 till today, they are still trying to get Donald Trump. closing in higher up at the White House. The president apparently believes that the walls are closing in on him. The walls are closing in on the president right now. That Donald Trump feels the walls closing in. That feeling like the walls are closing in around him? Yes. Does it seem like the walls could be closing in uh, on this president? Feels like we are finally at a tipping point. The walls are closing in on President Trump. Feels like the president is sitting in the White House. The walls are closing in around him. And that's why there's this sense of the walls closing in. As it appears, the walls are closing in uh, in terms of the Mueller investigation. The walls are closing in. The, the, the walls are closing in. I do feel that he feels the walls closing in on him. Legal walls are closing in on Donald Trump tonight. From a Democratic perspective, this is the president who feels like the walls are closing in. As he feels the walls are closing in, any indication that legally speaking, the walls are closing in on the president. Feel some of the walls closing in on him. He feels that the walls are closing in. 
on President Trump. The walls are closing in on the president. Then if I was really going to do a best of the last seven years, you're going to have to go with the indoctrination of children and the attack on Christianity. And here are two just terrible sound bites. Everyone around the world should celebrate pride. Pride means that you're special. Yeah. And loving. Yeah. And kindness. Yeah, pride does mean all those things. So what what is pride? About people who are queer and queers is two people of the same gender who have crushes on each other. Do you think kids should be at pride? Yeah. Usually they mostly experience like in stories straight stuff. So it's good for kids to also know about queer stuff. I am non-binary. Yeah? I have the perfect cape for it. A flag. Yes, 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 yes. It is uh, fantabulous. I don't care if any, anyone says no if this is not fantabulous, because it is fantabulous. If you're planning to watch the upcoming Super Bowl, you'll likely see a few ads about Jesus. CNN's Tom Foreman looks into who is behind the He Gets Us campaign and why some are calling this a PR stunt for right-wing politics. There was this controversial figure. Everywhere he went, people challenged him. The message is stark, arresting, and backed by $100 million. That's how much organizers say is behind this campaign to market Jesus as a patient, loving, inclusive cure for our divisive times. With the tagline, he gets us. Jason Vanderground. We're trying to unify the American people around the confounding love and forgiveness of Jesus. The campaign website is filled with phrases saying, Jesus called out the toxic religious and political systems, led the protest against the walls that divide us, and broke the chains that held women in bondage. Merchandise declares Jesus was a refugee and an immigrant. At first blush, it can all read like a stand against radical right-wing politics and related divisiveness. But the campaign pointedly says this is not an attack on anyone. It is an outreach to young Americans whom polls show are abandoning Christianity and other faiths at a historic pace. A lot of times when people look at Christianity, they see it as much more uh, unfortunate, uh, hypocritical, judgmental, kind of discriminatory. Add the fact that He Gets Us is funded by anonymous donors acting through a Kansas nonprofit linked to staunchly conservative causes, and it raises alarms for some skeptics, such as Chrissy Stroop, a former evangelical who now reports on religion. I believe the He Gets Us campaign is a uh, PR effort and, and website uh, strategically developed by right-wing evangelicals to... Uh... Sometimes we think it's just all a dream, that we stuck in, inside some kind of a video game because you just, uh, you live uh, in a quiet society and then you hear bombings and then you wake up to the sound of bombings. I don't want to go outside. I'm literally scared for my life. All my friends left the city. 
my neighbors left my floor and I think my building. This is not a very rainbow friendly place. So lives for trans people are very bleak here. If you have male gender in your passport, they will not uh, let you go abroad. They will not uh, uh, let you through. A war within a war, truly, truly. Every noise from outside is a warning sign. It was hell living as a trans person in, in Kiev in Ukraine. We feel invisible, truly. Like we're not people, like we're not human. It's truly how we feel. Oh, I forgot the trans in, in uh, Ukraine. Yeah, it was three sound bites because that's so important with the war going on. A source of derision for the show and things I fucking can't stand is CNN. So here's a We're Real News CNN compilation. We are not fake news. We are real news. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? That Kavanaugh aided and abetted in the commission of a gang rape. But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet, and he's in his face. When you start whipping people with, and you want to split hairs between reins and whips. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. A widely held conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was created in a Chinese laboratory. Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for keeping it straight. Thank you for fighting the good fight. We know the science. We know that masks work. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It is now a pandemic of choice. You can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. Joe Rogan, uh, he came down with COVID. He says, he says he's been taking the... Uh, and let's be honest, I got to close with what really started taking off the show. I picked up more listeners. The 2016 election. With he can't win. Oh, my God, he did win. And the Google soundbite that brought us where we're at today with big tech working the algorithms and pushing nothing but straight 100% smack into the prog veins of America. I grab hold of some old conservative value things and do what Mondale did in 84, which was try to save a few people down ballot. But as far as Donald Trump's concerned, it will never, 
ever, ever happen. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. Our new NBC News survey monkey poll is out today. It puts Hillary Clinton up by 10 points over Donald Trump. And this is not the first poll since the conventions to give Clinton a double-digit lead. This is actually the fourth four polls that have Clinton up by more than 10 points, or at least 10 points. Staying the kind of lead she has leaped out into, in, into this race, you could see other states that suddenly get crazy, states you wouldn't have even imagined, like a South Carolina, even a Texas, they could at least become competitive. And what it would mean doesn't mean Hillary Clinton's going to win all of these. It means we could have more competitive states than we ever imagined. That's the way to lay of the land right now at this low moment for Donald Trump. We'll be back right after this. We are back with David Undo P. Pluff, the man who says Hillary Clinton has a 100% chance of winning. So that means that, means that no scenario that we could lay out to get Donald Trump to 270 electoral votes is something he would buy. So we thought we'd get David in here to look at those scenarios that the Republicans are talking about, citing them as a potential path to victory, and explain to us why they are not just implausible, but impossible. And if you look at Wisconsin, the Marquette poll came out yesterday. Yeah. She's up six points. She's up four points in our polling in Pennsylvania. If she keeps those together, all she needs is New Hampshire, and she puts the race away, and she's up there. Well, so for, again, them, the whole Colorado. I mean, for them to yeah. look at fortune, uh, to, and it is true, fortune favors the bold. Yeah. If the Comey bomb didn't get them where well, they that's, need that's to the be. That really is the question, right? It's, um, it'll be interesting uh, tomorrow night, I think, when Hillary Clinton... Uh, wins that Donald Trump will have lost this election from the very first day he announced. If the numbers bear out what we're seeing thus far, Hillary Clinton will win Florida. And the delicious irony in this is that Donald Trump will have been kept from the White House by a big, beautiful brown wall. And CNN projects Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes, North Dakota uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, he has now taken the lead. Donald Trump has 128 electoral votes. Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri, Ohio. He has 167 electoral votes compared to Hillary Clinton's 109. Idaho, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona. Uh, but we should really just take a moment here and look at this. Holsters predicted that Hillary Clinton was going to have not just a victory, uh, but that she was going to win uh, an electoral landslide. Not only is that not happening, it is entirely possible that Donald Trump is truly redrawing the map the way that he said he was going to. It was Donald Trump versus almost all the experts, and as of right now, it looks like Donald Trump was right. Donald Trump has defeated Hillary Clinton to become president-elect of the United States. Sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated business. Complicated. This is not the outcome we wanted or we worked so hard for. And I'm sorry that we did not win this election. I love this country. The shockwaves from Donald Trump's victory continue to be felt across America and around the world. <laughs> 
Donald Trump wird der 45. Elu Donald Trump, Präsident elect Donald Trump. Everyone was wrong. The backlash begins. Some magazine. First and foremost, it's finally here. Going into this night, where do we stand? This is where we stood coming into the night. 268 to 204, so clearly an advantage for Secretary Clinton. Take a look here. If Donald Trump wins tonight, no matter who they voted for, take a look at these numbers here. 21% say they'll be concerned. 37% say they'll be scared. This is what both candidates want. They want to be living there starting January 20th of next year. Uh, Florida has been going back and forth, back and forth. Get just changed here. again. It's only 11,000 vote lead just now. It changed. Math on your feet. I like this. The Empire State Building in New York City. Take a look at our running tally of the electoral vote. Anderson, this night is turning out to be a real nail-biter. All along, the Trump campaign has been saying that Florida's must win for them. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it, they it, can't it, win without it. Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that the people in Brooklyn, they're probably, they're, I can see their fingers That's probably. That's the Hillary Clinton head. Yeah, fingers probably bleeding because there's no more nail to bite. Uh, there are, I wouldn't call anything encouraging for Hillary Clinton at the moment, to be honest with you, my friend. Wolf, the scene here is so different than it was a few hours ago when people were happy and relaxed. I have been looking around the room at people who are stone-faced. Some of them have been crying. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president. This is the people rising up saying it's time to listen to us. It's time to listen to us in Michigan and Wisconsin and work for the people. Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. Okay, folks. I know this is probably not the most joyous uh, TJF we have had. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, let's face it, most uh, people here are uh, pretty upset and pretty sad for, uh, because of the election. Um, but there's another group, a uh, small group, that we should also think about who are very excited about the legalization of pot. Uh, Um, I was asking if we could serve joints outside on the patio. <laughs> Appar apparently these things take a little while to take effect. It was a huge, huge disappointment. Um, I've been bemoaning that all week, I'll be honest with you. Um, uh, but, uh, Anyway, on a more uh, serious note, you know, myself um, uh, as an immigrant and a refugee, um, I'm, I certainly find this election uh, deeply offensive, and I know many of you do too. Um, and and I think it's a very stressful time, uh, and it uh, conflicts with many of our values. Um, I think it's uh, it's a good time to reflect on that, and uh, you know we're gonna uh, hopefully uh, share some thoughts uh, today. Um, I guess you know there are two dominant um, you know reasons to be upset. One is because you know so many people uh, apparently don't share uh, many of the values that we have. Um, 
I mean, I guess we've known that for many months now. I mean, it's not like, you know, in election terms, whether it was like 47.2% or 48.2% or whatever it was. Um, and it's always been uh, a lot of people that uh, apparently feel that way. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly confronting it firsthand. Um, As stated a bajillion times on this show, not a big fan of Trump. I think he's kind of a dumbass. I think he put us in a situation by being a dumbass. And worse, he just couldn't leave Twitter alone long enough to be able to win an election. It's all he had to do was put down the Twitter pipe and be normal. I mean, that's what we needed from him, just to be normal. And we would be sitting here with a second Trump term. Granted, the media be crazy. But we know what our country is doing. And we wouldn't have had J6, which made them be able to get on their high horse after three months of tearing cities down. Sure, they'd probably be censoring more, but I, I don't know how one president could alter every institution and our media so drastically that we are sitting here in 2022 with state-run media saying that the only network that isn't progressive is state-run media. It's rather, rather comical, if, if you really want to look at it. It's very, very comical. But it's given me seven years of enjoyment coming down here and getting on a mic and yelling my discontent out. And I honestly and 100% with true sincerity thank anybody who's took their time to listen to this. There's about a million podcasts out there. And those that are listening, I really appreciate you. I don't look at the stats a lot because it's disheartening. It has been seven years. And sure, I'm like everybody else. I don't crave the likes, but I wish I had 10,000 people listening, you know, and I had a real show that was for like the Daily Wire. Yeah, that's a little dream on the inside. But really, this is for those that want to listen. And it's good therapy for me. And I just really enjoy podcasting. Granted, it's a lot of money that I didn't have at times. And my sister and my brother had to finance most of this shit for a long time. But I did buy my own mic. And I'm eyeing a new computer because it's starting to slow down. And nobody buys desktops anymore. Uh, I could get a 32 gigabyte, 500 gigabyte SSD fucking monster i7 with a video card and three monitors for 300 bucks now. Um, I just got to talk to the wife on that one, see if she'll finance that and uh, get a third monitor and make this a little more professional, um, even more, if only just to enjoy what I do, which is why I do it. I just enjoy it. And I really, truly hope that you get a little entertainment, maybe a little knowledge or at least want to show you chuckle and you go, that's how I feel. I hope that this does that for you. 
or the inverse, because a lot of people listen to things that are opposite of what they believe so they can get angry. So maybe I piss some people off, and I hope I do. You know, I hope I feed that I'm a piece of shit for you. You know, I'm a piece of shit. Um, That's why we listen. There's times I listen to Brian Seltzer shit, and I just fucking hate that guy. There's times I listen to Bros Pod Save America, Dan Obadiah, just to walk a little faster on my walks. Um, But which leads me to a positive story. You know, on post lately, it's been very odd. I've walked the same route for fucking ever and nobody's ever around. And now I can't shake my dick without seeing a cop. So I pull in this morning. It is 4.50 in the morning on a Sunday. There's nobody there. He's parked somewhere and he rushes in very fast in his car and I get out with a smile and go, I'm just walking. And he goes, you rolled those stops. And I just, for the first time ever, and there's nobody fucking here. What are you doing, dude? You just rolled the stop. Why are you fucking with me, man? I've been walking here for six months and he chuckles and goes, because I'm bored and he drives away. So I do my walk and I'm listening to... Um, I'm streaming Netflix and I'm listening to the Chris Rock. Uh, what the fuck is the name of it? Uh, something. Oh, let me, I had my, my brain just locked and I had this straight and now I'm looking like a dumbass. And maybe this is why I don't have a lot of people watching my show. Um, L M and where are you at Netflix? There it is. Um, something grievance continue watching Chris Rock oh it is selective outrage same difference and you know it's bashing Whitey and there was some race stuff I didn't like the funny stuff about Will Smith and I'm happy but for some reason at the two and a half mile walk at three quarters of a mile from the car back it just dies. And I can't stream anymore. I can't stream music. I can't do shit. So I go to local music, but I, I'm happy. I'm feeling a little better. It's a better morning. I had a really bad day yesterday. Somehow this medicine that I'm taking isn't working. I'm getting bile flux. And I just had a bad day. We're out and about. And I had diarrhea again. And I'm just really just in a bad mood. Because I'm like, what the fuck? And slept f- five hours with the power out. Because I sleep with a gun in my hand. I know that sounds odd. But... I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable when the power's off. Um, and I, I feel okay, but I'm like, this sucks. And I get to my car and I start it. And here comes three idiots stumbling at a jog across the road towards me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what is this? And this dude hits his head on my car door saying, can you give three blokes a ride? And he's got a fucking Irish English accent I've been a DD and I was an alcoholic, but I have never smelled nor smelt like these three Wahoos. They were fucking Cooter Brown drunk. And I don't know where they came from because for fuck's sake, there's nothing over there. It's a backside of post. Like the gates, like two miles down the road from where I'm parking. So I get up all the stuff out of the way. I get them in the car. And we have this great conversation. I get them laughing. I get a whole court because I'm an old fucker. They're like, what are you doing on post? As a reti- I'm walking and I 
visit these memorials. And they go, oh, my God, that's nice. And I take them to the hotel, which I don't even know where it's at, but I have a guest and I get them there. And they hug me and it's like a brotherhood. And they're drunk. And they go away and then I'm worried I'm going to get pulled over on the way back because my car smells like a, I don't even know what it is. It's a combination of rot gut liquor. I mean, it's just so potent. But it made me smile because, you know, I don't talk to a lot of people. I don't have any friends anymore. Everybody kind of stopped talking to me once I lost my free credit card. So the, the Army guys went away, and I left Facebook. And I, I don't have that brotherhood in the Army. I don't, I don't do anything. I don't want to be in the VFW. I tried it. I tried the Roxxon Association. I tried stuff. I just, I just can't. I don't know why. I just feel weird about it. But it's nice to get back with warriors. One of them about to retire who was probing my head because he's about to retire. He's got two more years. He was a colonel. What it's like. And I said, you'll enjoy it. And he gave me an extra pat on the back and said, thank you. You made me feel better because he's worried. And I said, it's hard. It's not easy going out because it's different. You know, it's a lot different. Civilian sector is really different. But it's nice to get into that group of people and feel like you belong. I think the biggest thing I've had uh, post-military is not belonging. You never feel like you belong. You don't feel like you're a civilian and you don't believe, like, you just don't feel part of something. And I guess in that way, I understand the liberal stuff, you know. They feel like they're outsiders, but I mock it because if you're trans, LGBT, black, a gangster, uh, part of Black Lives Matter, part of the fucking Black Panthers, you're cool now. I mean, you're the good person. So I don't understand how you don't feel you belong. You you get special treatment. You can get 33 arrests and jump through two windows and you're going to walk right out of the fucking district attorney's office. You're not going to jail. Um, yeah, that's that's just what it is. So maybe I'm quasi that way because I'm in touch with my feels. But it feels good to belong. So this podcast, in some way, whenever somebody listens to it and I see that it's listened to, it makes me feel like I'm part of something other than myself. And I think that's the biggest difference in the world that we're living in to why I feel so outsider. Me and my wife, Jeej, talk about it all the time. I don't feel part of anything because I'm not part of some grievance group. I, I don't protest. I mean, I could. I don't have a job. Um, and then I don't have the work because I've been sick. And even though I'm much better, you know, our plan is for me to be done. So I don't have to worry about getting time off from work and we're financially okay. So I'm blessed. But you need to feel belonging to something. And so I thank all of you, as silly as it sounds, when you listen to this, I feel like I'm part of a group. If it's just a group of disconnected Americans in the United States, some in Germany, uh, my buddy in Germany that I served with, I think he still listens because I see it pop up. You make me feel like I belong to something. And for that, I thank you Um, because I don't feel like I do. Um, The older you get, the more enclosed, the shut-in status you are, 
which is what I we've all kind of been since uh, COVID lockdown. Let's be honest. We all don't go out as much as we used to. We're more homebodies. We, we scan and stream anything you can find. Um, you feel kind of disconnected unless you're part of a grievance group. So maybe this is our grievance group. The people mocking the grievance groups and staring at our media and our politics and shaking our heads and going, what the fuck is wrong with us? I think I belong to that group. And if you listen to the show, you do too. And I guess I just wanted to say thanks. I appreciate you. As always, this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Go to Flyover Politics. Tick with a K at SoundCloud, 482467 on Rumble. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. We are going to go with a Wednesday, 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 8 March, Year of Our Lord, 2022 podcast. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. Thanks again, and take care. Uh.